Hey, everybody, and how's it going? Welcome back to Ty's Tech Line, the podcast featuring real conversations with real people talking about how technology impacts our everyday lives. I'm your host, Tyler Harrington, and thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you back. So we took a little bit of a break from the podcast last week. That was actually the first week that we've missed since starting the podcast all the way back in February. So I apologize for that if you're looking for your episode last week, but we are back and we are ready to rock and roll. The topic we're talking about on the podcast today could be described as a hot button topic, depending on who you ask and what circles you run in. So if you are a photographer out there, specifically a wedding photographer or a wedding filmmaker, videographer, whatever you want to call yourselves, this is a podcast for you because today we have Audrey from Audrey Rose Photography and she is going to talk to us all about her experience working with videographers, things that she likes, things that make the day a little bit more difficult and just kind of some general things and that she thinks could help photographers and videographers work well together. Because no matter whether you like it or not, video is not going away, photo is not going away, and we need to learn how to work together as photographers and videographers on a wedding day. And of course, in this conversation, I'm also giving my insight from the photography standpoint, which Ash and I shot photography for over four years, as well as from the video standpoint, which we obviously do now, and we have been also doing for five plus years. So it's a really great conversation. If you're a photographer, if you're a videographer, this is going to be really great for you. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Audrey. All righty. So today on the line, we have Audrey from Audrey Rose Photography. Hey, Audrey, how's it going? Thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for being here. So I hear that this is your first time ever being on a podcast. Is that true? Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, I'm very excited. Thank you for being here. I think that you are going to be an excellent podcast guest and I'm very thankful for you being here. Uh, Before we go any further, I have to ask a somewhat embarrassing question. How do you say your last name? <laughs> Direly. So Direly. my husband likes to say it's dying early as opposed to dying late. Okay. So that's how Direly. he describes it. <laughs> okay. So for anybody wondering, it's D E Y E R L E. Does that yeah. get butchered all the time? Oh, yeah, for sure. And my maiden name was Smith. So going from Smith to something that's super complicated makes no sense was quite a transition (laughs) right i was going to try and say your name but then i was like i actually i'm looking at this and i realized i've never actually said it out loud (laughs) loud, so audrey is from audrey rose photography was that a very intentional choice it sounds like for sure yeah (laughs) um which is probably the way to go so okay direly got it perfect audrey i know that you and your husband brayden are both jmu alums And I think most people would already know that from following you. They know you guys are big Duke fans. But I think (laughs) most people probably would be surprised to find out that you actually graduated with a computer science degree (laughs) and worked as a software developer before you were a photographer. Is that all correct information? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Like what? What what's that all about, right? It's <laughs> right? tech line. We need to hear about the the tech side of Audrey Rose photography. So, I mean, going into college, I didn't really have a clear set of like what I wanted to major in. Um, I just knew that I liked math and I liked logical type things. And so my mom was my mom did computer science, and she was like, "Well, you know, you know, computer programming is very logical, you know, oriented, you know, incorporates math." And I was like, "Okay, I'll go ahead and major in that." So I did a major in that with a minor in math, and I mean, I liked it. It was challenging. It really exercised the logic side of my brain, I guess you could say. When people say software, de- you're a software developer, what exactly does mm-hmm. that mean? Because in my mind, I think like <laughs> app developer or like website yeah. designer or something, but it's not like that at all, right? It's very different, right? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a ton of stuff you could do with it. Um, if 
for anyone who's in that field, I was a Java developer. Okay, so if yeah. You, if you're in the field, then you'll know what that means. Um, so that means I wrote code, and I wrote exclusively Java code. Um, but I worked for a company that had an in-house IT department. Um, so they created all their own software in-house. So I was writing their software. So if they wanted new features added to this huge software that this company had, you know, I could create new features or if there were, you know, you know, issues and stuff. So basically I wrote code all day, you know, just right. on a you know computer screen, just writing like, you know, just lines and lines then, and lines of yeah. code. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. For anybody who doesn't know what that looks like, it's basically just like a word processing document essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. But it has some f- fancy features built in that kind of recognize code and things like that. But it's really right. just a lot of typing and problem solving and trying to be very precise. So you're a very, very precise typer, I would imagine. Typist. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a lot of problems. I'm like you said, a lot of definitely right. exercises that, you know, logical problem solving side of your brain, which is kind of why I went into the field. Cause I kind of like the whole puzzle solving aspect of the whole field. But I will say that I do not have any hardware knowledge. Okay. <laughs> so there's a big difference between hardware and software. Sure. Everyone always assumes like, oh, my computer's broken. You can fix it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like that is not me at all. Like I do not go physically inside the computer whatsoever. I'm right. literally just writing the code that makes the computer do the things that you want Interesting. to do. <laughs> That's so funny. So if someone were, if someone were to smash all your cameras and tell you tomorrow you had to go back to your old job, would you be able to jump in, hit the ground running or would there uh, be... Do you still remember speaking in... It's like learning a language, essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think... I mean, I think there'd be an adjustment period, but I think I could. Yeah, I don't think that... I don't think you forget it. My mom, actually, she did it for, you know, five to eight years, maybe, and then she quit when she had kids, but mm-hmm. then jumped back into it 20 years later oh, wow. after all the kids were grown up. Right. Um, so she seems to be doing well. So I think I think I could, but... Cool. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so, that, I think that's so cool that you have that whole other side of you. Um, but what mm-hmm. I think is also really interesting is that it was actually sort of your husband's career that sort of uned- inadvertently forced you or uh, allowed you to discover your love for photography, right? Now, he is a yeah. OBGYN resident now, right? Yes. So he's moved into residency, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about that story about how his career sort of pushed you into the photography world. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. So I was working the full-time, um, you know, software developer job, and he was in medical school at the time. So right when I started the software developer job, he started medical school at the same time. Uh, medical school is four years, in case you didn't know. But um, so medical school was kind of like a 24-7 gig. You know, even when you're not in class, you're at home studying, or you, it's just always things you have to be doing. So even with my 40-hour job, I was finding that in the evenings, on the weekends, I just had way too much time to myself, you know, just like twiddling my thumbs. Photography was always a hobby. I'd, I'd had a DSLR for years. So the idea just kind of sparked that, like, maybe I'll just put out on Facebook that, like, hey, if anybody wants free family sessions on the weekends, you know, let me know. And I expected it to just be something I'd do maybe once a month, never charge, just do it for fun. And mm-hmm. then it just kind of took off and like everyone wanted pictures. And then with, you know, three months into that, I had people asking like, Oh, do you do weddings? I'm like, Oh, good Lord. Like weddings. <laughs> like I just, that's just going to be a for fun thing. So really it just snowballed like super quickly. So like, you know, five months after doing that, I was shooting my first wedding. And then in my first year I shot 10 weddings and it was, it just kind of snowballed from there. So when was that first year? So you guys got married in 2012 and you went full time mm-hmm. in 2016. So where mm-hmm. in there did you sort of start the photography thing? Yeah. So it was 20, 20- Uh, 2013 that I like 
put out there like, Hey, who wants free sessions and stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was January of 2014 when I did that first wedding. So from 2014, 2016, what sort of steps did you take? Were you, was did you, when you, when you started getting serious about it, you started doing a couple of weddings, like, all right, this is something I want to do. What were some of the first steps that you took on to eventually going full time? So when I first went into it, I really didn't have this mindset of like, I'm going to make this a thing. I'm going to, you know, turn it into my full time job. My, my attitude was always just, I'm just going to go where it takes me. You know, people want to book me great. If people don't and it fizzles out, that's fine too. I was just kind of going with the flow. So the flow just went a lot faster than I expected, I guess you could say. So about probably, you know, towards the end of that 2014 season, when I was booking up the 2015 season, that's when I kind of started to have this feeling of like, okay, like I kind of like this. I can, I can really feel that like fire lit under me, like for this, you know, this job. Um, So it was probably, you know, mid early to mid 2015 that I was like, okay, I'm going to start setting my sights on full time now. Um, you know, crunching all the numbers, saving the money, you know, figuring out like, you know, you know, what needs to happen in order for me to go full time. Um, also since my husband was in medical school at the time, that means he was not having an income. Um, so I was the sole income for the house. So I wanted to wait until he was done with medical school. So when he started residency and could supplement the income that way. Um, so it was like the spring of 2016 when I, you know, went ahead and went full time with it. Yeah. And what was that like? That must have been <laughs> great to go from, cause I know that going from forking any sort of full-time job into being able to release that and just jump into photography and like have all be all your time and all your energy spent on that is probably mm-hmm. one of the best feelings in the world. Um, did you, did you feel that same way when you made that jump? Oh yeah. I was like such a weight lifted off. Like I, when I was probably my last two years at my full-time job, um, when I was doing the photography at the same time, you know, I could admit that I was not all in with my full-time job. So like my boss even pulled me in a few times, like, you know, your stuff's getting done a little bit slower than it used to. And I'm like, Oh really? Cause I mean, full disclosure, they did not know that I had this business going on because in, you know, in the software field, it's a lot of men and it's a lot of older men. And so I'm working with all like 50 plus year old men. They're not on social media. So, and I didn't want them to know. I didn't want them to know I was taking off random days all the time. (laughs) So they had no idea. So whenever, you know, they say like, Hey, you're kind of taking a while to get this done. I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't know. Sorry. You know? So when I quit, it was, they were like, Oh, why are you quitting? And I was like, um, I don't know. just want to try something else. It's the most awkward phase. So like that last year in business, I felt just so like guilty for like trying. It's like, it's like the business was my mistress kind of, um, cause they didn't know about it. So I felt right. just, it was such a weight lifted to not feel like I had to live a double life anymore. You know, trying to show up a hundred percent of two different, basically full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. So nice to be able to put all my efforts into the one job that I really cared about and that I really had the passion for. But yeah, it was definitely an adjustment, like just being at home on a weekday, like on a Monday morning, it's like, it just feel, felt so wrong, you know? Like what am I supposed to do with myself? Like everyone's, everyone else is at work, like this feels so weird. <laughs> yeah, and going from working, prob- I mean, working, you know, eight hours a day at your full-time job and then coming home and putting in probably another five, six hours mm-hmm. in your business, to go from that to just having to do the business, you know, eight, however, you know, yeah, it usually right. doesn't end up being eight, but you know, that's the only <laughs> responsibility you had. I know for me, sometimes it, you sit around and you're like, you know, I take a, if I want to take an hour for lunch, I feel kind of guilty because it's like, I should be doing something. I should be working. Right. Like I should be doing whatever. When in reality, like at work, when you're working a nine to five, you're like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm going to take an hour for lunch. Watch me. Like I'm going to take every right. minute of that hour. But when you work <laughs> yeah. from home, it feels a little bit different. Do you have, do you feel, did you feel that sort of weird transition when you started working from home? Oh yeah, totally. Like, yeah, like you said, I feel guilty if you do take a full hour for lunch. Usually I just, 
take however long it takes me to eat lunch. And I'm like, okay, right. go back and you're to like, work. Okay, back to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch like 10 minutes of like the office or something. Right. Like my previous job, like when I told people what I would do, like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, well, I'm a software developer. You know, it demanded instant respect from people because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you're really smart. Like you really know what you're doing. But then you say, oh, I'm a photographer. It's like, oh, you're, you're just a bored housewife who does photography as a hobby. You know, right. like, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. felt this fear of like not being taken seriously. Like I've so like even so like when I don't work like a full eight hour day, maybe I spent an hour doing chores or I went to the store, I kind of feel this sense of guilt within myself. And it's like, oh, I'm not treating this like a real job. Like people aren't going to take me seriously because I'm not sitting at a desk for eight hours, you know. So that was definitely an adjustment, just more so with just having to convince myself that I'm still a serious like, you know, I have a real job. I am like a serious entrepreneur. So it's kind of like a a journey within to kind of convince myself that it was okay to let this be my full-time gig. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really great way of putting it. It really is like a, it's an internal sort of, it's a struggle is not the right word because it's a great, I mean, it's a great gig. I mean, we love being able to like do whatever we want. If I want to wear mm-hmm. sweatpants all day and just like never change on in pajamas, like that's fine. Cause you know what? I got just as much work done as everybody else. But in your mind, even if you had like this really productive day, you, you have so many things that can kind of pull you away from that mentally. So that's really mm-hmm. a great way of putting it. But you have been growing. Your business has been growing and thriving ever since then. You moved into education and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are you doing work? workshops and and mentoring and things like that has that been sort of a natural progression for you or where did you kind of how did you fall into the education stuff so I would say that was kind of one of the reasons I wanted to go full-time was because I wanted to be able to start offering that Um, but you know when I was full-time obviously I didn't have the time to do that there wasn't like a real hard stop of like okay I really want to start offering education I feel like it was just kind of always on my heart Whenever people ask me questions about photography in person, I just really felt this passion and desire to like talk about it. I just love talking with it about people. Um, so I would say it was probably, you know, the end of 2016. So I'd been full time for a few months that I was like, okay, like I really want to, you know, we had, we had moved into a house where I knew I had the a space to host people and do like an in-person workshop. Um, so that's when I kind of started saying, okay, I'm going to start, you know, hitting the ground running on this and try to start putting myself out there as an educational, you know, photographer. So that's when I started, you know, pushing out the more educational blog posts, starting the newsletter, you know, letting people know that I'm educating now. Um, and then it was early 2017 when I launched my first workshop. That's great. And you've done how many, have you just done the one or have you done a couple now, right? Uh, I've done three now. Three now. Yeah. And when's the next yeah. one coming up for anybody out there who's listening, who might be interested. Yeah. That's the million dollar question. <laughs> you don't have it. So you don't have a date set for the next <laughs> Date's one. Date's not set yet. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, you should all go follow Audrey on all her <laughs> social medias and her website and everything so that you can find out when her next workshop gets announced and you can be the first one to jump on it. And you should yeah. su- subscribe to her email newsletter so that you can be the first first to find out, right? Yeah, totally. Yes, yep. perfect. So Audrey, you and I have worked together. How many weddings have we done together? Is it just the one? I know one specifically this last year. Is it just been the one or this? maybe there's we been had two? We two. It was um, Haley and Craig. That's right. Haley and Craig was the yeah. first one. Yes, yes, yes. That was oh, Haley yeah. and Craig. I love that. That was a while they back. They were so great. <laughs> no, so yeah. yeah, so those are the first time we worked together. And then this past summer, we worked together on Ethan and Anisha, which is actually Ashley's yeah. cousin. And mm-hmm. uh, that was up where we got married. That was fun. We were at our, yeah. our wedding venue. Um, uh-huh. So we've worked together on two, two different weddings, which has been really fun. Um, but the reason that Audrey is on the podcast today, although the software development and all the other stuff has been super great. I've loved talking about <laughs> that. The main reason that we have her on today is to talk about the sort of interesting dynamic of photographers and videographers working together on a wedding day. Um, and we worked together a couple of times and we have a 
bunch of weddings this year, don't we? Together. Yeah. So I feel like I'm not always aware of when we're working together until you guys let me know. Cause they don't, <laughs> they don't email me and tell me like, Hey, I booked the Harrington. Oh, right, so right, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I shot a wedding or shot an engagement session a couple weeks ago and Ashley commented on it like, Oh, can't wait to choose this wedding with you. And I'm like, Oh, like what a nice surprise. Yeah. Like, you're shooting this wedding with me. So there you go. That's an interesting dynamic right there because <laughs> most of the time, yeah, they booked the photographer first and then mm -hmm. videographer second. Sometimes it's not like that, but most of the time it's like that. So we mm -hmm. almost always ask like, oh, who's your photographer? But you probably don't, you probably, even if you did ask, they're probably like, oh, we haven't booked a videographer yet. Right, right? yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we're, we're going to try and navigate this conversation as carefully as possible. It can be kind of like a dicey conversation for some reason. I don't know, in like the photography videographer world, it's sort of this like hot, button issue or whatever. Issue is not even the right word. I just think people get very heated about it for whatever reason. And for Ash and I, we came from the photography world. You know, we did both photo and video for over four years. So we've kind of seen both sides. We've, we can sympathize with both sides of the argument, uh, or it's not even an argument, both sides of the, of the equation, both the sides of the dynamic. Yeah. But really it's more of a team dynamic than anything else. So yeah, so Audrey, we're going to try, we're going to try and talk about this as, you know, professionally as possible today. And really our goal here is to help anybody out there who is either a videographer, right, coming kind of from our perspective or from a photographer, have maybe a better understanding of the other side. Right, Audrey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I just want to start off with a couple of different questions. So at this point in your career, so you're, you know, a couple of years in and you're pretty well established and you're charging, you know, a good amount. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. you're not charging like crazy, crazy, crazy high end mm -hmm. prices, but you're also, you're, you know, you're above middle of the road, maybe or some, right. somewhere in that mm -hmm. general range. And you're booking, you know, higher end clients, nice weddings, bigger budgets, those types of things. Mm -hmm. At this point in your career, what percentage of your weddings would you say you work with a videographer? So I was thinking about that beforehand and I'm like, you know, trying to do the math in my head. So this morning I was like, let me go and look at my weddings last year and actually like count up like how many had a videographer and how many did it but I think it's about it's about 50% now I okay so only 50% that's interesting mm -hmm. so how many how many weddings did you do total last year um, 21. Okay. So 20, 21 weddings. Mm -hmm. So about half of those were with a videographer, mm -hmm. half of those weren't. Is that surprising to you? Do you think that that's um, normal? I like, think it goes you... up each year. Okay. Um, that's good like, to know. Yeah. So yeah. Cause like, as you are charging more for your services, you're likely booking higher budget weddings, um, where they probably have the money to, um, put into videography. And obviously, obviously if they're um, paying more for a photographer, that means that, um, the moments being captured well is really important to them. So it's more likely that they will also shell out for a videographer. Um, but I also have some clients where, you know, their budget is lower, but they just really prioritize photography. So even if I am charging a more you know higher budget price, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a high budget wedding mm -hmm. where they're going to have a videographer as well. It just maybe means they allocated a lot of money for their photographer. It's sort of a catch-22 because if they have a, if the client has a really big budget, right, you seem like, oh, if they can afford Audrey, that means they can afford us. But mm -hmm. it can also be the other way around. Like you were saying that, well, maybe like they spent a majority of their budget on Audrey to have really great mm -hmm. photography, which means they don't have as much money left over for, for video. And that's just mm -hmm. sort of sometimes the way that it goes. So for us, I mean, obviously like 100% of the weddings that we shoot, there's a photographer. So obviously like that's a <laughs> A little bit, yeah, a little yeah. bit different. There have been a few. I think you're right. I think that the the trend is definitely going up. Then we're people having videographers. We've been booking earlier for this year than we kind of ever have before, and booking for 2019 earlier than we kind of ever have before. And I think that the there's like this interesting shift and change in sort of just the way that video is perceived and kind of where it fits into 
into the wedding planning process and into the budgets and things like that. But I do think that we're a long ways off from it being a hundred percent, a hundred percent like, like, Oh, you don't like, you have to have a videographer and a photographer no matter what at every single wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, so as far as like in the, the weddings that you've shot, let's not just talk about last year. Let's just talk about kind of your career in general. Mm -hmm. Um, what has sort of been your experience your overall experience working with videographers on a wedding day? Um, I mean, I'm lucky that I haven't had a bad experience with the videographer. That's good. I mean, I've, you know, you hear horror stories about, you know, how they just, you know, set up their stuff right in front of you without even like talking to you or whatever. I mean, some are definitely better than others. And, you know, more often than not, it's the newer people that are maybe a little harder to work with, not because that they you know are bad, but just because they're so inexperienced mm-hmm. and don't understand the importance of like communication and working together like a team. Um, so they maybe need a little more coaching or a little more like, you know, handholding, like, okay, here's how this is going to go, you know? So does your approach change? So do you, are you looking up the videographers before you show up? on the wedding day if you know who they're who they are not usually so like they do send me like their list of vendors beforehand so i will know going into it if mm-hmm. there is going to be a videographer um you know I, I like i do a lot of repeat you know videographers in terms of who i work with because you know a lot of times they're hiring people that i've recommended to them right, um, right, right. so you know that means i'm you know get to work with you guys a lot and get to work with you know people that um I've worked with before. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily go ahead and look up, look them up to like get a sense of like, you know, how experienced they mm-hmm. seem to be. Do you ever have videographers who reach out to you prior to the wedding or try and kind of connect with you or anything like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That happens a lot, especially with people that I haven't worked with before. They'll, mm-hmm. you know, they'll kind of reach out, introduce themselves, you know, and let me know ahead of time that like, you know, we like, you know, we want to make sure that we're not in your way. We want to make sure that we're, you know, working well together and, you know, this is how we like to shoot the day. Um, so that's really helpful because that really sets the stage for a cooperative tone for the wedding day. Um, so that really kind of lets you know, like, okay, this is going to be a good partner. This is going to be a very, you know, cooperative team-like atmosphere for the wedding day. Yeah. I think that's the most important part. I think what you said right there is great. Cooperation, honestly, is like the number one goal. Because for us, Mm -hmm. I mean, we always say like the client is the end, is the person we're trying to please at the end of the day, right? They obviously hired you because they want your services and what you have. They hired us because they want what we have and what we can bring to the table. So our job between the two of us is to figure out how we can both exist and both get what we need on this wedding day and deliver the client, you know, what it is that they want and to document the day the way that they're expecting for both of us without getting in each other's way. So do you have any like specific tips or any things that you think are really, really important for videographers to do or even for photographers to do that you think can make the whole experience that much better? Yeah, like you were saying, it's like the goal is to provide the client with, you know, this excellent product. Um, so it's so easy to fall into the mindset of like, I'm here to get the photos that I need. And that's my main goal. But you know, you should be treating it as like you and the videographers are like a are like a combined team. You're not two separate teams working independently. You are a combined team that's working together to get the client both great photos and great video. Um, so, I mean, the best advice I can give you is simply just to go into the wedding day with that mindset, with a cooperative mindset, with the mindset that you're working like a team. Um, cause I mean, anything that you have to shoot throughout the day, as long as there's that open line of honest and cooperative communication, um, you know, it should be a pretty easy day. And I also think that, you know, you know, this is one of those touchy parts, you know, where it's like, which takes precedent, you know, video or photo. Right. Um, so if you kind of set the stage going into it, like, okay, like I think you kind of have to have a point person. So usually it's the lead photographer that's going to kind of take the lead. Um, in terms of, you know, you know, portraits and like the getting ready pictures and stuff like that. So if you kind of, you know, 
can all agree on that going into it. There's not going to be that clashing and butting of heads of like, you know, jumping in and wanting things to go the way you want them to go. Um, so, and also asking like, do you prefer to just shoot over my shoulder the whole day or do you like to have your own time with them? Um, so that way I know like with portraits, you know, I don't want to take up the entire time if they prefer to have some time alone. So I want to make sure I'm leaving a good 10, 15 minutes at the end of the portrait time so they can do the shots that they need and stuff too. Yeah. I think that's a great mindset to go into the day with. And I think you're right. I think that for us, we always have the photographer lead, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that if we're both trying to lead simultaneously, that's just not really going to work out. And the photographer is, I mean, we, uh, that's probably something we like doing video is because we don't have to be in charge of the whole day. There's a lot, lot, lot less pressure on us, right? So the photographer mm-hmm. kind of comes in knowing that they have this pressure, like they ha- sort of have that expectation and they're in charge of capturing like literally everything, right? We're making our, our films and we obviously need to capture certain things, but I feel like the, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to like downplay what it is that we're capturing, but we're not necessarily capturing every single moment in mm-hmm. the same way that the photographer is, right? So I think having a good understanding of what the other person needs and also having a realistic expectation of what we need, right? We need three or four good shots of her getting into the dress, whereas a photographer might need, you know, it just needs different things. So mm-hmm. I think that communicating that right off the bat up front is really important, making sure that you're kind of on the same page and communicating. So I know for us, we try before every kind of like major event throughout the day I try and kind of like pull you aside like hey okay so what is your plan for this how do you like Mm -hmm. to do this is it okay if I do this Um, you know for the coming down the aisle I'll say okay Mm -hmm. you know it's a really long aisle is it okay I'm going to follow right behind her right behind the bride and her dad up until the fourth pew and then I'm going to jet off to the side does that Mm -hmm. work for you does that give you enough time to get your shot and if you're like actually you know that's like you know I need a little bit more room than that then I say okay fine like how's the you know the third pew or the second pew or whatever so like having those initiating those conversations are really important um are there any things that you've noticed over the years that videographers do sort of like as a general rule of thumb that you think that if they just knew that they shouldn't do that or like they knew <laughs> that it bothered the photographers that they probably wouldn't do it hmm. that's a good question um I mean, just like getting in the way without letting me know ahead of time that you're going to get in the way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like I know that you need to get in and get the shots that you need, but if you can let me know like, Hey, when this happens, I'm going to come up right here. You know, like you said, like if you're going to follow from behind, you let me know ahead of time. Cause I want to position myself to where I'm shooting straight on. So, I, you know, they are blocking you behind them or like for the reception entrances, if you plan to do like a, you know, where you come up behind them and then circle out in front of them, you know, let me know. So that way I know that I need to get my shot before you come out in front of them. Right, right, um, right. So if you plan to do something that you know is going to be in my, in the way of my shot, just letting me know so that way I can plan ahead for it. Cause I don't want to be on the fly trying to move around and work around you as the moment is happening. Yeah. I think that that's, that's key. And it's, I mean, obviously it's a wedding. So like stuff is happening on the fly. Both people have to be willing to roll with the punches to a certain right. extent. You obviously can't mm-hmm. plan every single second, but mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, communicating that ahead of time, having those sort of like expectations and things like that um, are really, really, are really key. Yeah. Like you said, the ceremony is definitely the most important to communicate about because that's not mm-hmm. something that you can kind of like, stop and have a little conversation on the side like oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that you know while the ceremony is going on so like if you both plan to be at the front of the aisle and the bride's coming down you can kind of say okay you've been down and then I'll shoot above your head you know so you're Mm -hmm. not kind of both fighting for that spot in the aisle as she's coming down the aisle or like if you plan to set up a camera in the middle of the back aisle um, letting me know that because like I always like to get a wide shot of the ceremony so if we communicate like hey you know what's a good time for you to maybe pull that camera out for like 30 seconds, I can get that wide shot and then put it back. 
um, so I can get it without you there. So just kind of communicating that ahead of time so that way you already have a game plan. Right. Because like you said, those conversations are hard to have in the middle of a ceremony to be like, mm-hmm. hey, wait, I need like, and you're like trying to like have this whole, this whole conversation or whatever. And I think the other thing too is like trying to anticipate what the other person needs. You know, there's certain shots that like every bride wants, like that obviously like the kiss or whatever, like those are obviously some of the obvious ones, mm-hmm. but there are also certain shots that are way more important for the photographer and are way more important than for the videographer that you kind of need to be aware of like where the sort of priority lies. Like for example, I think that for photographers, like the detail shots and all the stuff at the beginning of the day, you know, like all the flat lays, all those types of things are really important for your blog posts and for your album designs. And mm-hmm. right, those, like, it's really, really valuable stuff to have. And a lot of photographers kind of build their whole aesthetic and their kind of all their blog posts kind of are contingent upon you know having really good detail shots whereas mm-hmm. for me yeah I like to get those shots every once in a while but if I don't have really great detail shots it's not going to ruin my film right my film mm-hmm. isn't contingent upon having really great detail shots so for me I want to give you all the leeway as is possible with those and maybe if there's time I can jump in and grab a shot here or there or whatever but knowing that that's a bigger priority for you are there any other things like that that you can think of that are like okay this is like really important for me and like, I have to have this no matter what that can sometimes be kind of ruined by a oblivious videographer. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, I mean, I think ceremony stuff for sure. Cause that's the only thing that you can't really recreate. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we are both, you know, fighting for the same spot, if it's, especially if it's a tight ceremony spot, mm-hmm. um, you know, so if we are both fighting for that and then like, I'm not able to get my shot because I was just trying to work around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I miss the shot of her coming on the aisle, that's obviously, you know, not good, not yeah. okay. Um, but like with, and so like, I feel like photography, it's a little, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I obviously don't do video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little less forgiving, I guess. So like, getting that shot of her coming down the aisle, if it's blurry or out of focus or, you know, I can't really fix that. But if, you know, if you guys can get a little, even just three second clip of her walking down, Mm -hmm. you know, that's probably sufficient if that makes sense. So that's, so it's interesting you say that because I think that most videographers would probably say the opposite um, (laughs) because so for us, so for, if we're capturing the ceremony, right, we're trying to capture the entire ceremony from start to finish with no gaps, right? Mm -hmm. If we're delivering that, if that's because that's one of the things that we deliver to our client. So for us, we would say like, man, like we have, we have it really hard here because we've got to capture every single second. We can't miss a single thing. Whereas for photography, right, you obviously need to have like a few good shots of them exchanging vows and looking at each other and doing and doing those types of things um mm-hmm. so that's interesting that you say that but but at the same time you're right like it's really important for you to be able to get that shot of the of the bride coming down the aisle like you can't miss that shot you've got to nail it it's got to be in focus it's got to be mm-hmm. a good expression and you've got to have all those different things so and for us it's the same kind of deal so we're it's a combination of both for us trying to capture it in its entirety but also capture it like in a cinematic way and trying mm-hmm. to do those two things simultaneously right which are kind of coming from coming at it from two different ends of the of the coin here so yeah so th- that is interesting but that's where the, again the communication is really really key because mm-hmm. while we obviously want to have like really great shots of the bride coming down the aisle we can't be in your way for the whole time like we also need to know like mm-hmm. realistically in an edit like what you're like you said you only need three three good seconds of it and then i think the other thing that photographers do is that they look at all of the equipment that videographers have they're like oh my mm-hmm. gosh you have why do you have four or five cameras set up to cover this thing like you're just being obnoxious you're just in the way i just need to get my shots but do you think that what i just said about like capturing the whole thing or whatever does that sort of resonate with you does that make 
does that kind of shed some light a little bit on why you see some of those like crazy setups maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that, yeah, I definitely do not envy how much gear you all have to have <laughs> for wedding days. Um, yeah, so I know that it takes a lot of, you know, all the big crazy rigs and stuff to get all the shots you need. And another kind of thing is the, um, like the reception, you know, the lighting for the reception. Like mm -hmm. if, you know, you know, every videographer works differently, but if you all have a video light at every corner of the dance floor, um, that makes it hard for me to shoot without getting, you know, sometimes just having one or two lights that kind of helps me. I can kind of leverage that light for my shots. But if there's like a whole bunch of lights or like if the equipment is really big and obtrusive, you know, it's really hard for me to get a shot without that piece of equipment in, in the, the picture. Shot. Yeah. Right. 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 So for, so you're saying basically video lights are fine. The actual light doesn't affect mm -hmm. you really. Right. Cause your flashes are probably overpowering the video lights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Depending that doesn't, that's not are. really a factor. It'll help you maybe mm -hmm. get focus. But mm -hmm. as far as like, yeah, having trying to crop stuff out of your shots or if there's like big mm -hmm. tripods or big, whatever that are like, you're trying to shoot around that makes it more complicated. Mm -hmm. Is that you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. This is part where it gets hard because again, it kind of comes down to what both people getting what they need mm -hmm. and figuring out, where that compromise is and how to do that sort of on the fly. So a lot of it has to kind of do kind of coming into it again with a good understanding of what the other person needs and wants. But at the same time, knowing like, again, the, the, you can, you can Photoshop out a leg of a tripod. Like if you absolutely mm -hmm. have to, right? It is possible. Right, right. Whereas we mm -hmm. don't necessarily, we can't do that right at all. So like some of those like little small nuances are also like little things that need to be taken into consideration. Um, mm -hmm. Have you found anything particular that you could like any advice you could give to photographers that you found like, Hey, I did this and this worked really well. Or like, you know, I worked with this videographer and it was kind of like, meh. And then I did this one thing and then it made the experience a whole lot better or any sort of tips or anything like that, that you can kind of offer. Honestly, like I just keep going back to just having that cooperative attitude. Cause like, no matter what, um, no matter what happens in a wedding day, if you have that cooperative, you know, tone atmosphere going on, you know, there's nothing you guys can't, you know, tackle together. Right. Um, so I'm always trying to be very courteous to the videographer. Like whenever I'm about to shoot something like important, you know, like getting dressed or like, you know, a first look or something, you know, just making sure that I'm, I'm initiating communication with them instead of just being like, here's what, I, here's what I'm going to do. You guys do what you need to do. You know, just, you know, kind of being like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You know, how is that going to work for you guys? Like, where do you guys plan to shoot from? I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to be in your way. You know, what focal length are you going to be doing? So I know how close I can get. Um, and I usually you guys are asking too, like, hey, do you have an 85 on? Yeah, okay. Then I can step in a little bit. Yeah, especially because you're a Nikon girl. So I have a harder time with the Nikon lenses. With Canon lenses, I can look at them from across the room and I can right. tell you what lens it is. But you're a Nikon girl. So I'm always yeah. like, uh, Audrey, what, what lens is that? Because I can't <laughs> yeah. tell from across the room. Yeah, yeah. So I can all let you know, like, hey, I'm going to do my wide shot now. So let's all step back together. Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't want to be back there and then yelling at you like, hey, get out of the frame. You know, like, so just so we're all right, kind right, of right. approaching the whole thing as a team, you know, keeping that line of communication open and going, um, yeah. throughout the day. And, and even like, even if you are a brand new videographer and you don't have all the experience in the world, you do still have the ability to be cooperative with the photographer, which is going to take yeah, you and so just far. Just be like polite, right? Like I think that right. goes a long way as well. Like even if you're being completely oblivious, you have no idea, right? Mm -hmm. At least if you're nice about it, right? And you're like apologetic or whatever, like mm -hmm. that goes a long way as well, right? Because we yeah. nobody's nobody's perfect, and like everybody makes mistakes, and like, I'm sure I got in your way sometimes, and you've probably were in my way, and like mm -hmm. vice versa, right? But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, like if we can 
all like have this attitude of, like you said, of we we're here to serve. We're here to help the client. We're just here to do our jobs at the same time. Like it's not life or death, right? Like Mm -hmm. it is, but it isn't like we obviously want to do a good job, but if we can just be like polite and nice and cooperative and not, I I feel like when it starts to get really bad is when you start to kind of like trying to get back at the other person like well they got in my shot last time so i'm going to get in their shot this time and <laughs> right? it becomes like this like spiteful. and even if you're like yeah not to get on purpose it starts to become this sort of like battle and that's where you see all these like stupid facebook arguments and stupid facebook mm-hmm. posts like in the i'm sure like the videographer group are all like oh photographers are the worst and like the photography <laughs> groups are all like oh videographers are the worst because you start like and then you start coming into it with these mindsets right you come in with this preconceived notion that like oh videographers like they're just trying to they're just out to get us like they just they have all their stuff and they're always in the way right mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that and a lot of it comes down to communication it's just like any relationship mm-hmm. right it comes right? down to communication <laughs> because a lot of times like you can't read my mind and you know i can't read your mind and every photographer and every videographer is a little different right we all have mm-hmm. different things that we're trying to achieve and goals that we're trying to reach and i just think that if the other person knew what i was trying to do or vice versa they would they'd be like oh yeah like that'd be really easy. they know how you can work around it right but if you don't mm-hmm. tell them then they're never going to know like you say the, the fight's always about how the fight went down not about what you were actually fighting about <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. because at the end of the day, like you said like hey i need a wide shot get out of my wide shot instead of like it's like hey do you want to get a wide shot with me because you yeah, probably need right. one too right so instead yeah, of like, like hey yeah, get out of the I, way I i'm trying to get a wide shot it's like yeah hey come over here and let's all get this wide shot together right yeah, like yeah. that kind of a thing because at the end of the day we do need similar things right just kind of coming at it from in from different ways um would you say that you approach a wedding day differently if you know you're working it without a video video team versus when you are working with a video team yeah definitely one thing that i always try to keep in mind is that when there's a videographer everything's just going to take a little bit longer mm-hmm. um so i can't rush through things so if i like look at the timeline we're behind and i, I can't i know that I can't do the getting ready photos in five minutes, you know, like if it were just me, I could probably knock them out really quickly. But I know that with a videographer, one, it's going to take a little bit extra time to just figure out our setup, like where everybody's going to be shooting from. Mm -hmm. And two, I want to make sure that I'm leaving them time to get the shots that they need. Like, so for portraits, if I only have, you know, 15 minutes for portraits, I want to, you know, taking consideration to not use the 15 minutes of portraits but leave you know half or five minutes at the end for them to do what shots they need to do so just always being aware that everything just takes a little bit of extra you know extra time to either set up and even to shoot um so just kind of keeping that in mind with the timeline yeah and that's a really good point because i i I don't necessarily think about that as much even though i guess it was like this when we did photo but you're right so like i said for us we work with a photographer every single wedding right so Mm -hmm. we kind of go into every wedding with the same sort of mindset the same sort of general expectations um i think for us where the variance is it would be the experience of the photographer because we've had a few times where we've had inexperienced photographers Mm kind of who are working with us so we're we know we come in with the mindset of like all right we're relying on the photographer to kind of like run the day and kind of let them do their thing assuming that's what the photographer wants but there have been a few times where we've come in and the photographer has been very shy or very timid or like Mm -hmm. not stepping up not posing and whatever and puts us in this sort of conundrum of like okay do I like step in here and like take control because right. from like my photographer background like okay do I take control and kind of start moving this along and doing whatever or do I just kind of sit back and kind of watch the train wreck happen sort yeah. of from the side like, even though I could step in and help I kind of just like let it happen uh so that's yeah it's so tough for you guys because you guys like 
almost the quality of your shots are at the mercy of the experience of the photographer. Like, did they put them in good light? Are they putting them in good poses? Like, you know, it's, it's hard for you to have control over that. (laughs) That is a really great point because that you're right. I mean, we always say that when we work with good photographers, our films are always better. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge reason why, because if we're arguing about not arguing, but like it's hard because I'm letting the photographer lead and they take him to this like really ugly spot with really ugly light. Mm -hmm. That's so hard for me because I'm like, I mean, I can kind of work with that. You know, like I can do my best, but like uh, that's not really good. And that's where the communication is like really, really important and trying to, I don't know, very subtly and nicely like suggest things. I mean, it's, again, mm-hmm. it, it all comes down to presentation and like the way that you're talking to each other. If you talk to each other with respect and kindness and like, hey, this great spot, would it be all right if we tried maybe that spot over there where the light is actually good and doesn't suck like it does here, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you, just say, you don't like, want to hey, say like, that. But. This light over here is actually going to be a lot better for our video and it'll probably look good for you too. Would you right, like, go does that there? work for you, right? But instead of yeah. like telling, <laughs> kind of like asking or like gently nudging, yeah, I think that those types of like tactics are really important. But it's also hard on a wedding day because it's just <laughs> wedding days can be really stressful, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And it's, I know for Ash and I, like working with Ash, she's always like, you're so mean to me on wedding days. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I'm really not. Like, it's just hard because it's under stress and you're like, I need you to do this thing really fast. But it's always hard. It's sometimes it's hard to like very kindly, like work your way around like a very friendly, friendly statement. So I think it takes a little bit of thick skin uh, Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, So when you're thinking about working with videographers, are there any things that you've in the past that like a videographer has done that has been super helpful to you or that really stuck out to you. And you're like, Oh wow. Like that was really awesome. Or, Oh wow. I really loved working with so-and-so because of blank. Are there any things out there that kind of like stick out in your mind as things that videographers out there who might be listening to this can kind of like take note of and try and implement into their next wedding? I'm not sure about like specific things. I mean, I, I hate to just keep coming back to that, you know, just communicate well, you know, right. experiences that I've had with videographers that have been the most positive is just when it's, when they're in a not selfish mode, when they're in like a serving mode, not only for the client, but also for you, like they're always asking you like, is it okay if we do this? Or did you get what you needed? You know, just having that very team atmosphere is those are the most positive experiences I've had with videographers. It's just when there is that whole, like, we are in this together, let's all help each other. Not just like a, okay, I got what I needed. You know, I'm good. You know, I don't care what you got kind of thing. And so for us, one of the biggest things that we've seen that we love photographers that do this is when they just like help to care, offer to carry stuff. Because like you said, we have so much stuff and it's not like, obviously I don't want you to carry like the most heavy thing. Like I'm not expecting that from photographers. Like you have to help me carry my stuff. But like if we're walking somewhere and you see me and I'm carrying like a tripod and a slider and a gimbal and like my camera and I'm carrying all this stuff from my shoulder and you've got like your bag and your camera in your hand yeah, right like it's really nice if you're like hey can I can I carry like one of those things for you or like that for us is like super super helpful and we love working with Michael and Caitlin because Michael is very good at that he's always like hey let me yeah. help you carry like x y and z yeah. um so photographers out there like we love we don't expect that of you like it's not part of your job description <laughs> but if we're walking somewhere and you have an empty, an extra hand we'd love yeah. it if you offer and I always help. like to like you guys know I like to get like behind the scenes photos of yes. you guys okay yes let's talk about that because Audrey <laughs> yeah. is the queen of behind the scenes photos she's so good at taking behind the scenes photos because I know that for me I have my second shooter so I can have all these behind the scenes photos of me but you guys you know it's hard for you to get pictures of you working and and you want to have those for you know blog posts and you know social media and stuff like that so I'm trying to like you know just you know pay it forward and you know if I'm right there and you guys are doing something in front of me why not take a picture of it you know and then send it to you guys so you can have it 
Yeah, Audrey's really, really good at that. We noticed that the first time we were shot with you, I was like doing something and I looked over and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're taking pictures of me. I'm like, okay, like put, look, look, look like you're doing something right. Like, look yeah. like you know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, that's really key because yeah, videographers, like we need those all the time, mm-hmm. but we never really think to ask about them and we don't really want to take them ourselves. You know, there's a million other things going on. That's a really, that's a really good point. And because for us, I mean, like you said, you want to refer, you only probably refer videographers that you like working with. Mm-hmm. So for the videographers out there, like it's really <laughs> important for you to work well with a photographer, to be really nice, to be really friendly, because most of the time, like we said, they're the ones who are getting booked first. They're the ones who are giving recommendations to their clients for videographers to hire. So being in their on their good graces, right, is going to be beneficial for you in the long run. And other the vice versa of that is also true. If you have a reputation of being like really hard to work with and kind of a jerk and just mean and cold or whatever, if that starts to get around, like people aren't going to want to work with you, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it also, I mean, it goes the other way too, because you know I want to have a good impression on you guys. Because I mean, I have videographers that will refer me. Like mm-hmm. two of the weddings I've done with you guys were because you sent them to me. Like yeah. they came to you first and you sent them to me. Um, and you know, you wouldn't have done that if I wasn't easy to work with. <laughs> so it goes both ways. I'm trying to think. So because I've, I've been asking you a lot of like hard questions, I'm trying to think myself. Like, what are some some photographer things that that kind of irk us? So like, I think that some of the biggest like misconceptions and biggest things that if photographers just understood like this one thing that mm-hmm. then for, for video would be a lot easier. I actually wrote a blog post about this a long time ago. A couple of things is like, yeah, we are going to take a little bit more time, but a lot of that is because of the way that we shoot, right? We're shooting essentially in what's a medium JPEG to a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the luxury of shooting in raw. So we have to take a little bit more time and kind of just slow down and make sure we have everything honed in at the beginning because once we, the way we shoot it is more or less the way it's going to look in the final thing. Like we don't have the ability to just like throw everything in auto. Again, not that photographers can do that, but like auto white balance and some of those different things Mm -hmm. make it a little bit quicker for photographers to kind of like dial in settings. For us, there's a few more like just factors that are kind of going in there, which take a little bit longer. And other things like, you know, manually focusing and those types of things are just little nuancey things that don't seem like they would take a whole lot of time, but just kind of, you know, slow things down just just a little bit. And then sort of like I said, the kind of the nature of what we're trying to capture is different. And then the biggest thing for us is going to be movement, right? So mm-hmm. during portrait time, I think what you said about leaving like five minutes at the end, if you just did that, if for us, if we just have five minutes of every portrait session, if it's an hour long portrait session, if we have five minutes, that is like gold for us because <laughs> as great as all your poses are and your photos all look amazing, we can only shoot so many shots of like the couple just like standing smiling Mm -hmm. and posing and doing whatever. So giving us that time. So understanding that for videographers, movement is really, really important. At least for us, I can't, I guess, obviously speak for every, every videographer, but having that time to get some movement with the clients and just do a lot of a little bit more natural, like directing and Mm -hmm. things like that, um, really go a long ways to making our films, um, that much, that much better. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else, um, oh, and just like we don't we don't have Photoshop, right? That's the other thing. Like we don't have the ability to kind of like, oh, I'll just like Photoshop that out or crop that out or or whatever. And obviously, like as a photographer, I, I know that's like a pet peeve of someone being like, oh, you can just fix this in Photoshop, right? Or like, oh, you can just like correct this in post, right? And obviously you don't want to rely on that, but you do have the ability to do a few other like manipulations and stuff that we don't have the luxury of doing for video. But at the end of the day, I think, like you said, it all comes down to communication mm-hmm. and talking and explaining your process. And as a videographer, like for us, I mean, starting to note, okay, what is something today that the 
photographer did that may have been in our way or may have slowed mm-hmm. us down or may have been had like a negative or an adverse effect on our film and giving everyone the benefit of the doubt like I know that they didn't do that on purpose like I know mm-hmm. that if they had just known they wouldn't have done that so kind of like putting the blame more back on yourself or at least for us like okay well, that's our fault for not communicating with them what it is that we wanted what it is that we needed blah 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 so how can we do this better next time so that that doesn't happen or so that they can be aware or so that they can know what's going on and not always just being like, oh, the photographer is dumb. They shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z, right? It's their fault and then expecting it to be different the next time. Um, Another thing that I, that the photographers almost need help on that you need to help us with is audio because Mm. that's something that we know nothing about and we don't take that in consideration, obviously. So knowing when like, like when you're shooting them reading a letter, um, if I'm in there with you, like, do you, would you prefer to just have them read it? Um, you know, like just for like, just do the audio or are you doing, you know, the video and the audio at the same time where I need to be in there shooting it with you? Um, you know, or like, so I need, so if I know if I'm shooting something where you're recording an important audio, I'll maybe do like one or two pictures and be done. Um, mm-hmm. so that you don't have this camera clicking in the background, yes. or like during the ceremony, knowing which mics are actually recording. So I know not to stand right next to it and take pictures or not to like come up and, you know, talk to you, you know, while you're standing next to a mic that is, you know, actively recording or something. Right, right, right. Um, that's great. So do you want me to answer that question? Or sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a really great question. And because, and that's one of those things that we learned how to kind of navigate that through experience, right? Cause we, like, obviously we know like if we're having them read their note, the natural inclination of the photographer is just to take photos. Like they're not really thinking about necessarily thinking about our audio or doing mm-hmm. whatever. So for us, I always try and say to the photographer, like, Hey, so for this first time through, I'm going to have them read their note out loud. I'm going to be recording audio. So, um, if you wouldn't mind just waiting until the end to take some photos, you know, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that she can kind of, we'll give you some time to recreate it. She can just mm-hmm. sit there and read it or whatever, because obviously you only need like a couple shots of that. You don't necessarily need anything. And I, but mm-hmm. I always try and caveat with like, but if she starts crying or having like a really good like reaction, like of mm-hmm. course, like take a couple, but mm-hmm. just obviously keep in mind that we're recording audio, right? Like right. just a simple little conversation like that, like and having mm-hmm. that in your mind, knowing, okay, I need to remind the photographer of this beforehand can, can really make a huge impact. Cause if, if I don't say that to you and I'm recording and you don't, and you're just, they're over just like snapping away, snapping away, snapping away, snapping away. It's not their fault. I mean, that's uh-huh. their job. They're there to take photos. Like they don't know <laughs> not to do that. So that's a really good one. And then for the ceremony for us, all the cameras, all the mics on top of the, on tops of the cameras are just there for what's called like scratch audio. We basically just need that to sync everything up later, but we're not using any of that audio aside from maybe if there's like clapping or any of the things at the end, like the applause or whatever, if that one sounds better than the, the, the mic, but we always have a mic on the groom mm-hmm. and on the officiant that is recording their audio. So for those, you don't have to worry about it. Other audio moments of the day that are really that people photographers should just kind of be aware of for us that are important. Um, I think just the fact that you're aware of the audio is really great because a lot of times people have you know aren't even thinking about that at all. So we'll we'll try and do things. We go into room like turn down the audio if they have a TV on if they're playing music and mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, it's a kind of a fine line because I don't want to if they're having like a really awesome like dance party and they're like <laughs> jive into the music. I don't want to yeah. come in and be like music off. Sorry, <laughs> we need to have good audio. <laughs> Yeah. But if it's like a sentimental moment, if we're getting ready to get into the dress, if, you know, mom is going to do a first look or whatever, it seems mm-hmm. like they're going to be emotional. We'll try and slowly kind of start turning those down or <laughs> just kind of turn them off altogether. Yeah. 
Um, so being aware of those things is helpful. You know, obviously lighting is really important for us to have be on the same page about. Um, so I think like for us, the reason we like working with Audrey so much is because our styles are very similar when it comes to like the kind of light we're looking for, the types of images that we create, things like that. Where we've run into the most problems in our career has been working with photographers who don't view light in the same way, <laughs> yeah. or maybe if they're like primarily use flash or whatever. And even though that can be like a very viable way of shooting, right? Their photos may look great. It's not going to be as great for us. So that's where it kind of can run into some issues. So for us, we kind of like to look up the photographer ahead of time and just understand their style. Um, and if their style is very much like very similar to ours, then we're like, okay, yeah, we're good. Like I'm sure whatever they do light wise is going to be fine. But if we look and it's like very different or you can tell that they maybe struggle a little bit with that, then we kind of come in knowing like, okay, we may, we, we may need to make a few more suggestions or maybe it may need to be a little bit more vocal about what it is that we want or like spots that we want to do and, and things like that. Yeah. Like we were saying before, you guys are much more at the mercy of the photographer than the photographer is at the mercy of the videographer. Mm -hmm. So like we can get what we need no matter what, you know, cause we're kind of running the show, but you guys, you know, yeah, you are at the mercy of what the photographer does, you know, how they use their time, how they use light, how they do posing, um, all that stuff. Cause like, yeah, with like timeline, I feel like that's something the photographer is usually more in charge of. Um, mm -hmm. so if things are running behind, you know, being aware of, you know, how it's going to affect the rest of the day, or if we need to kind of start hurting cats and getting people moving along, um, that's usually something the photographer takes charge of. Right. That is, that is honestly one of the most painful things for us is because we've, we've done, obviously, we, like I said, we've done photos. So for us, we know family formals can be a big time suck if you're not mm -hmm. careful and yeah. it can just like waste a lot of time if you're not being efficient. So there's nothing worse than us like standing off to the side because we don't even really need to film that and just like watching a photographer with like a very inefficient family formal process right. and they're just kind of like twiddling along and like having a hard time and people are just walking all over them and stuff. And mm -hmm. we really badly just like want to step in and like here, let me help. Let me, yeah. let's like, we'll arrange some groups for you. Hey, let's, we'll get people on deck for you or whatever. But sometimes you kind of just like grin and bear. Like you don't want to, obviously you don't want to like overstep. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like reading personalities and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, sometimes you can tell the photographers, like they just want someone to help them. They're like, mm -hmm. please Lord, someone help me. And sometimes we'll step in and be like, Hey, okay, so we're going to help. We're going to start bringing people over and we kind of start adding, giving mm -hmm. assistance where we can. Does that kind of thing help beneficial to you or are there any times like that where you're like, Oh gosh, thank you. Thank gosh that they're up. I know you're good with like family formals and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, not so much with that kind of stuff. If it's just a simple, like, Hey, can you go tell the groomsmen that we're, that we're ready for them? It's just mm -hmm. nice to have another person that can go and do that for you. So right. you can no, stay shooting whatever you're shooting kind of thing. That's good. And then I think also you talked about this a little bit earlier, making sure that before anything major happens, that the other person is there and vice versa. You know, mm -hmm. we've had a, we had one time earlier this year, where um, I don't think they did it on purpose. I just think they weren't paying attention, but we like, we were doing something and we came around the corner and they were like cutting the cake and <laughs> the photographer was there like snapping away and all sorts of stuff. And we were just like, what, uh, what, <laughs> wait, like what, ha what happened? Like this wasn't on the timeline. Like this wasn't anything like that. And they're like, oh yeah. They're like, oh, sorry. We weren't even paying attention. Like, we didn't realize you weren't here. And we're like, Hello. I've, actually, I've you... had that happen to me, actually, not yeah. on the videographer's fault. It was the planner's fault right. where yeah, yeah, they yeah. put us off in a room to eat our vendor meals, you know, mm -hmm. our, our cold sandwiches and chips. And, and, uh, and we were in this room that's kind of far away from the reception hall. So I couldn't hear the reception hall. And then I start hearing like laughing and I'm like, hmm, maybe something's going on. I should go check. 
they did all the toasts without us. Oh my gosh. Like, did, did no one notice that there's no photographer capturing these toasts? Like, right. So I feel like an idiot walking in as the toasts are ending and all the guests are like, oh, nice of you to show up, you know? And I'm like, no one came and got me. So that's in that that kind of circumstance too, where it may not even be the photographer's fault. Like in that circumstance I described about the cake, I think it was the planner. The planner was like, hey, we need to do this. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But as like looking out for your buddy and being like, oh, wait, we can't do this until the photographer gets here. Like, hold (laughs) on, wait. Like, not just like, okay, let's do it. And just like start rolling, Mm -hmm. right? You just want to be like, hold on. We need everybody to be here. Like everybody needs to be on the same page. You know, and just, again, it all just kind of comes down to kindness. You know, Ash is really good about if it's really hot and the photographer's out there rolling through family formals in like the 90 degree heat, like she'll go grab water and like bring it out and like, hey, do you want some water? Right. Little things like that where you're just like, yes. Like, cause again, we're we're in the trenches together. We're going to spend the whole day together. You just want to become friends. Just be friends. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like I enjoy working with videographers just because I feel like I have like more people to hang out with, you know, especially if it's people that like you really get along with and you really vibe with. It's just kind of nice to have a little like, you know, a little gang to hang out with. You got you and your second shooter and you got the videographer and their second shooter. And it's just like a little like you know, a little group that you get to hang with out all day. Yeah. And again, it's, I mean, you view it almost as like a networking friendship creation for eight hours kind of Uh thing, you know, Um, because you never know what's going to come from meeting somebody at a wedding day and becoming friends and stuff like that. And I feel like that's the best part about it. And we were talking about kind of some of the downsides and some of the negatives, but for us, I mean, 85, 90% of the time we leave the wedding, like, Oh, that was great. We feel like we have like a new friend now, you know, we just had like a bonding experience because we spent this the last eight plus hours doing this very like intense, you know, thing together. And now we're like, you know, we're one big happy family and now we're going to be friends and follow each other on Instagram and you know, like all that, yeah. all that fun stuff. So, yeah, totally. I'll do this has been great. So speaking of Instagram, um, go ahead. Can you let the people out there know if they want to go ahead and follow you, follow your work, catch up with you? What are some of the best ways that they can follow along with you and everything you have going on? Yeah. So definitely Instagram. So Instagram is Audrey Rose photo, just all one word. Um, and then my website is also audreyrosephoto.com. So if you did want more information about the workshops or to get on my newsletter, you can do that on my website. And keep an eye out this year for a bunch of uh, weddings coming from both of us that we'll be doing together. Yeah. <laughs> and probably some really dope behind the scenes photos from the Harrington's because like I said, Audrey is really great at that. So no pressure. Yeah. So um, if anybody has any further questions about video stuff or uh, photographers and how they can kind of work together or just like anything that you were wondering from either Audrey or I, uh, go, go find us on Instagram like she said and let us know but um other than that audrey this has been great thanks so much for being on yeah sure i'll see you soon all right there you guys have it another episode in the books i hope you guys enjoyed this episode with audrey i think it was a really great conversation to hear from both sides of the coin on this one if you did enjoy this podcast and you want to help us out and you want to help the show the best thing you can do honestly is to go over to itunes and leave us a five-star review and if you want you can go ahead and leave a comment that's also really really great those are a really easy way and really great way for you guys to help us out um if you have any feedback on the show as always i'd love to hear that you can find me over on instagram at tyler harrington i'd love to hear any feedback you have, any ideas for new guests, new topics, any of those types of things. I would love to hear that from you guys. So head on over there and check that out. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.